Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steeler Nation? Inside the Electric Factory on a Friday, it's Euler and Motes with you here on the Steelers Blitz. And what is happening, Motesy? You know, man, just your neighborhood Power Ranger showing up for business, getting a little work action. There it is. But yeah, man, trick-or-treating is over. Game day Friday. Well, actually, Friday before the mm-hmm. Sunday, which is the game day. This is the penultimate to the penultimate, but, you know, who's counting? It's always a fun time. That's all I know. We got a jam-packed show for you today, as we typically do on Fridays. I was going to say, don't we always have a jam-packed show? We like, do. That's what we do. Particularly on Fridays, right? I, I think that's our uh, that's our most jam-packed day of the week, if you, know you will. you we got so many show benchmarks. That's the radio Ooh, talk right there. Now you're using now you're you know, using fancy terms. We got these show benchmarks on Friday, like uh, Five Star Friday. Mm-hmm. We gotta get that paper. Got to show me the money. Oh, got to show the money. And you know, we also got that. Here we go segment as well, man. So. I mean, and that's before we even get into the deep diving of the actual game that's coming up. Well, let's get right into it then, shall we? Well, let's not stare and put ceremony, baby. Let's knock it out. And everybody already knows the drill. You want to chime in right now? You want to chime in throughout the show? Any questions, comments, concerns on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Dabody52. Dabody. And, and if Wes's mic sounds weird, just at him, man. Talk to him. Let him know. Like, hey, get that crappy mic stuff out of here. Would you stop it? Would you I'm stop saying, it? You right? never don't, know. You know, don't bring that bad juju around these parts. All I don't right? know any bad jujus. Only good jujus around hey. here hey now let's get right into it right it is a friday we are fully focused on steelers and colts here inside the electric factory no <laughs> funny business today none of that that was yesterday not today <laughs> stay focused and when i think about this game a lot for us to get into a lot of side plots a lot of interesting x factors right if you will but i keep thinking i keep coming back to the strengths of each of these teams mm-hmm I think leads to a very juicy head-to-head matchup. It's it's strength on strength in a lot of areas for this team. I think mostly so a Colts offensive line that has been outstanding all year, one of the best in the league against a Steelers front that has just terrorized quarterbacks and backfields. Most certainly, man. When you think about the productivity from the Steelers defensive line, you're looking at T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, even Javon Hargrave, all of those guys have produced in big ways this season. Then you look on the at their counterparts on the Colts offensive line, and everybody knows about Quentin Nelson, but Anthony Costanzo, a guy who's been there doing it for a long time at a high level. I mean, the list goes on and on. Then I like that element, but then I'm thinking, okay, what about when we look at <clears throat> excuse me, when we looking at how our secondary is one of our strengths versus their wide receiver groups mm-hmm. that, hey, you're like, all right, um, well, I think we like this. But then the flip side is like our running back situation with our injuries and our current status of that versus this Colts linebacking group mm. and this Colts defense that is really good versus the run. It's just the, the – I don't even know how to say it, but it's just like for every strength over here is a strength over there. For yeah. every weakness over here is a strength over there. It's just it matches up really well. 
I think that's the thing that I'm so excited about because it's one of those who's good is going to be good enough and who's right. bad can you minimize to not make it o- to to overcome it in a sense and, and ultimately find a way to win this game and that's the thing that I'm really excited about with this matchup I like how you're talking about minimizing weaknesses errors things of that nature that's something too that I think is is an interesting kind of head-to-head dynamic with these two teams uh, the Colts are a team that really prides themselves on ball security, mm-hmm. right? They, they they don't like to turn the ball over. Uh, Jacoby Brissett only thrown three interceptions so far this year. And then when you look at the Steelers, right. <laughs> taking the ball away has been their bread and butter. No question. Le- what, leading the league in takeaways right now. Yeah, and leading the league in takeaways. Well, sorry, no, no right behind um, the Patriots. Behind the, right yes, behind yes, the Patriots. Patriots are leading the league. Yep, but Steelers I, forget are forget about that team. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, who have they played so far? Hey, hey man, listen, besides, they, they've had the to overcome every adversity this year. You know that, Yeah, man. nobody believes no, in the Patriots. Nobody. Everyone's just writing them off. Gosh. 19 turnovers forced for the Steelers so far in seven games. Uh, that's second most in the league. They've got the second best turnover ratio in the league mm-hmm. as well, too. Against, again, a Colts team that they are asking Jacoby Brissett to do more and more every week. They are. They're putting more on his plate. They're letting him, you know, quote-unquote, take more risks, if you will. But they still... They are an offense that is predicated upon not putting their defense in adverse situations. Very true. And then I'll take it another step when we're talking about that as well with this offense. Not only do they do a good job of not turning the ball over to keep their defense from being in adverse situations, but they do a good job of protecting Jacoby Brissett. Yes, all without a doubt. I mean, literally, going into this past week, them and the Steelers were 1-2 and two in terms of sacks allowed. And they didn't have a great week against the Broncos right. last week, but if you look at their numbers before that, you're they, right. I mean, it was right. outstanding. It was Single-digit sacks allowed until right. last week. So that's the thing that when I'm looking at that, I'm like, man, the, the way that they are winning games is directly correlated to that. They play great defense. They don't turn the ball over, and they win the field position battle. A lot of times when you're getting sacked, when you're having turnovers, it kills you from a field position standpoint because you're putting your defense on the field, uh, in a short field, on the short field. Or when you're punting, you're punting from backed up, so you're still giving the offense the ball you know, either near midfield or across midfield, and that's a recipe for disaster. But with this Colts team, the way they operate is just smooth, steady. It's not going to wow you. That's the thing that I think a lot of people, in terms of the respect they give to the Colts, hmm. they don't give them the respect they probably should deserve just because from an optic standpoint, it doesn't look good. Sure. It's just, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that was cool. Uh, oh, 13 point, uh, oh, 15 to 13 win. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh. But it's like they're fine. they're just continuing to find ways to get it done. They're very comfy. In that sense, very comfy and finding ways to just get it done, not having to have style points, not having to worry about blowing teams out or putting up 30-plus a game. They're just like, no, we're good right here. We get it done. As long as it's a W, that's all we care about. And, you know, it's it's funny you mention that. Every single Colts game this season, Motsi, every single one has been decided by seven points or less. This is a team that's played seven games like the Steelers all seven decided by a touchdown or less. And as you mentioned it, it's it's, it's a team who is very similar to, to the Steelers that you were part of in 2017, comfortable in playing in and winning, for the most part, one-score games. Absolutely. And the reason we talk about the comfort level in those situations is because when you're in close games, you understand that anything you do 
especially if it's an error, can be detrimental to your team's success. The level of expertise, the level of focus and detail that you have to operate with during these one-score close games, I mean, a lot of people get nervous. A lot of people get wacky. They they blink. Yeah, they they start. Hey, hey, they start looking around. Like, is somebody gonna make a play? Who who's gonna help us? Who's gonna save us? Whereas the Colts, like I said, when, on that twenty seventeen team, that twenty seventeen team that I was a part of here in Pittsburgh, we were in those games. It was like, oh, nine we, and two in one score games. We, we I think you guys right were that at year. home. We felt right at home. I mean, you would see the other team and they starting to get nervous. We know somebody's gonna do something. Somebody's gonna crack. It's not us though. No eyelids. I tell you, I haven't had eyelids ever since then, man. They won't come back. <laughs> But you, it takes a certain level of discipline sure. to operate like that. And we saw that just this past game when they played the Broncos. I mean, going into, what, two minutes left in the game, they're trailing. Von Miller has Jacoby Brissett sacked on the goal line, essentially. Just finds a way to get out of it, makes a play. Then another play. Then another play. Then another play. And you could just see how they were just like, oh, we're fine. We're not worried about nothing. We don't have the people that when you read the 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 names on their roster that says, oh, oh, that guy's scared. Oh, look at this guy. Ah, that guy. No, they don't have that. But they just know how to execute, and they don't, they're don't. they finding ways to not beat themselves. And that's something that the Steelers team, on the flip side, has done at multiple times this season, has beat themselves. Untimely turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, again, are experienced with a team that's just very successful in winning those close games, comfortable, as you like to say, in close games. What is What leads to that, right? Is it a combination of a bunch of different things? Is, does it come from a head coach? Is it just sometimes you just so happen to have a group, a locker room, that just thrives in those tight situations? What do you think is the, the key thing or some of the most important things for teams that are able to have success in those close one-score games, one-possession games, versus the teams that end up dropping those contests more often than not? Yeah, I think it's a mix of all of those things. First, you have to have a coach, a leader that – thrives in those moments as well because his play calling as we saw with the Dolphins game when it was a tight game and they make a timeout call a zero blitz and give up a big touchdown if you have a coach that you don't feel can operate in those tight type of moments well then hey the rest of you guys are gonna be looking like man I don't believe in you I don't trust you luckily here we had coach T he's like man he's not scared of nothing we got this He, he believes no matter what the score is no matter what the situation is we're coming out on top so it starts there. Then from there, you got to have the leaders in the locker room that also believe in that same mindset, that same mentality of, I'm going to look you square in your eye and let you know, hey, whatever comes through here, man, I don't care what the situation is. We're going to find a way to get out of here. We're going we're gonna to make it out. And you got to believe them. And, and you could tell the real leaders, the real ones that without a shadow of a doubt believe it, that they're going to find a way to win is contagious. And then from there, man, everybody else follows suit. And then once you're out there and you see those guys stepping up and making the plays like we talked about, when you see the guys that, hey, even if they're not making the splash play, they're just doing their job. If they're supposed to be in the B-gap, they're in the B-gap. If you're supposed to be covering this man, they're covering that guy. If you're supposed to have man eyes versus zone eyes, they got the man eyes. Those are all the things that ultimately led to us going on that run in 17. And ultimately what you're seeing with the Colts right now, because like I said, they're not flashy, but – when they're in zone, they're looking at the quarterback. When they're in man, their eyes are on their guy. When they're running the ball, you see it's a hat on a hat. They're not trying to do anything special. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. No, none of that. It's just, hey, catch the ball when I throw it to you. Get what you can get. Hey, don't turn the ball over, Jacoby. Okay, cool. I got that. 
sometimes it really is that simple, right? Yeah. Particularly like you said, it's not like they have a bunch of huge, you know, Julio Jones mm-hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I guess granted you could argue that Quentin Nelson is that guy for offensive linemen, but True, but O-line, O-line like, are, the uh, impact isn't yeah. the same. It's it's not like they have a f- surefire first ballot, you know, future Hall of Famer skill player. Although, right. all respect to T.Y. Hilton, who's, well, yeah. who's a great receiver. But my thing is this: but even with T.Y. Hilton, do you consider him the A class of talented receivers, or he in like no. that B level? Yes. I figure he's in the B level. Yes, and that's the difference. He's not Hopkins. He's right. not Julio. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, but they have a lot of nice pieces. Certainly, those pieces complement each other well on they offense do. and on defense. Yeah, they don't have Khalil Mack out there. But man, Darius Leonard. That's a boy dog right there. And we'll talk uh, when we come back here. I want to talk about their defense and just uh, along with the Steelers, right? They've got some health issues on that team as well, too, on both sides of the ball. But last thing for you as it relates to these close games and being comfortable in those situations and the teams that can pull out victories as opposed to the teams who find themselves on the short end of the stick. I think special teams relates to that too, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly in 2017, I know you were there for it. We all saw it. Uh, nine and two, right? In those in those one score games that year, I'm pretty sure it was. And a big part of that was Chris Boswell and his ability to get the Steelers out of stadiums with a W. Uh, it's been that way for the Colts this year. You saw Adam Vinatieri hit the 51 yard bomb against the Broncos right mm-hmm. before uh, regulation ended there last week. It, it, it we talk a lot about minutia, right? These are our two teams that have gotten above-the-line play on special teams this year, particularly from their kickers, and it could be you know, it could be something as minute as that that makes a difference Sunday at Heinz Field. No, no question, man. When you look at these kickers, and particularly Vinatieri, he's one of the best to do it for, what, however long? I mean, he's <laughs> 20 years. They, they say he's been playing in the NFL longer than guys have been alive on his team. Like, that's, that's crazy. That, that is wild. But – it comes down to that type of stuff. It comes down to the, the details that are associated with special teams, in particular when it comes to the kickers. It comes to the punting situations, making sure that they are, if you're supposed to punt that thing and get it into 10 and not get a touchback, they got you got to do that. Those are the type of things. And I was impressed also with the Colts uh, kickoff unit because they were going against Deontay Spencer last week, and we've seen the impact that he's been able to have yeah. in that special teams unit with Denver, but both in the kickoff return game and in the punt return game, they minimized his impact. And it was due to the kicking and coverage that they had out there. And those are the things that makes you say, okay, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's – man, it's – it's a, there's a reason why, right? It's only a one-point spread in this right. game. The Colts are favored by a point right now. And, and they're coming in with the special teams player of the week. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, that's right. Terry. That's right. Well, hey, he hit a 55-yarder and a 51-yarder last and, week. Oh, and a 45-er, but who cares? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't uh, that's just small peanuts for yeah. him. <laughs> On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Our buddy Thrash Metal Guy here says, turnovers are going to decide the game, and it's going to be tough because the Colts don't turn the ball over much. Like I said... Strength on strength, yeah. and, and I think the two biggest ones are the Steelers' front against the Colts' offensive line, mm-hmm. and the Steelers' knack for taking the ball away versus the Colts' ball security. Oh, without a doubt, I think those are going to be the best units on the field, and it's going to be important for you got to win those. Defense. You got to win, win those battles. You got to find a way to win it. When it's good on good, you got to win. Yeah, and that's that's how it goes. And, and you don't have to blow it out. You don't have to blow them out, right? You just have to make more plays than they do. You got to be in the positive column yes. more than the negative column. And that you know those little those little inches, right? 
could be all, enough. All to, of it counts, man. Enough to all win the games. Yeah, absolutely. Euler Remotes here with you inside the Electric Factory. When we come back, I want to talk about, like I just mentioned there, the health of the Colts and the Steelers ahead of this game because there's a lot of statuses still up in the air, a lot of big, important names that will play a factor on Sunday. Again, you want to chime in, you already know the drill. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Dabody52. Dabody. Colts-Steelers discussion continues when we return on your 24-7 home of the Steelers, SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. There are some big names, some talent, some all pros, mm. some household names on the injury report for both teams. And hey, it's, you know, halfway through the NFL season. That's to be expected, right, Motsi? Because it ain't a matter of if, it's a matter of when when it comes to getting nicked up in the National Football League. And how bad. And how bad, that's right. And you're never really 100%, right? Even out of training camp in the preseason. What, what is that? What is that? <laughs> what does that, that even that's, mean? That's how you feel, right, like in June when you report for OTAs. Yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about it. That's the, the highlight of your health. <laughs> From then, it's all downhill. And it is a slippery slope, my friend. And we know across Pittsburgh this week, there's been a lot of talk about some important names on the injury list. But it's been the same thing in Indianapolis. A lot of key contributors uh, not practicing or limited this week for the Colts. Uh, start with Pierre Desir, the very good cornerback. Mm-hmm. I, I think, Motsi, the most underrated corner in the National Football League, in my opinion, honestly. He is so quietly good. Didn't practice Wednesday. Didn't practice yesterday dealing with that hamstring issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say, man, DBs and hamstrings, that typically does not bode well, man, because once you pull that hammy, once you tweak that hammy, it lingers. It's like the knee that we were talking about yeah, for running backs yesterday. It, it just lingers, and coming back too soon can make it worse. Also, you feel that you might not be able to open up, or you're thinking about it because of different change of direction, fatigue, mm-hmm. hydration, all those different things that play factors into the hamstring in particular, man. So, And it's one you don't want to mess with. Correct. Because so it can it can turn into something worse pretty quick. You know, it's like an ankle sprain. Right. Like it can... It can go from bad to worse pretty quickly. Yeah, so as much as I uh, want him to get healthy, I think that bodes well for the Steelers. You should just take the week off, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. You know, relax back, yourself, man. You don't even, just don't even make the trip, man. Come Stay back Andy. next week. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, another guy, crucial uh-huh. for them. Did not pra- He practiced on Wednesday and then did not practice yesterday. Right, so he was limited. But I will say this. Sometimes coaches, sure, they, have, they just come out there. Do the walkthrough, have your jersey on for the media availability or the open portion of practice, and then we could put you down as limited. You don't have to do any running. Just be out there with your jersey on. So that could be the situation and then so why you, he didn't practice on Thursday. You think even though it's they, he's listed as limited on Wednesday, the fact that he didn't go on Thursday means it probably wasn't right. great on Wednesday Absolutely. either. Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Quentin Nelson, he's been limited Wednesday mm-hmm. and yesterday. Eric Ebron has not has not yeah. practiced yet this week. Wasn't even listed for Wednesday, so. Right. And same with Malik Hooker wasn't listed for Wednesday. Now he was limited yesterday. Uh, yesterday. But and with he, him coming back from the knee, that's, right. that's the biggest. We talked about it yesterday. In terms of when you are in one of those positions like safety, 
you have to be able stop to stop and start stop and cut and on go. a dime. Right. And you don't have time to think about it. It's different as a receiver. You know, okay, I'm running 10 yards and I'm stopping. I'm running vertical. I'm running 10 and I'm turning in. It's different. Than, when you're reacting. Right. As a, as a safety man. And he's a guy that has to be able to do multiple things on that defense. So, once again, Malik, take your time. Don't rush back. Be smart. Yeah, we love you here in Western Pennsylvania, hey, Malik. Hey, take, take your time. You know, Newcastle's very own. You know, hey, if you want to come back for like the pictures and stuff, come back. Right, get some permanents. Yeah, that's that's all cool. Go up to Mount Washington, but take your time. You don't need to dress. Yeah, just come back for the weekend and enjoy yourself. Yes, right, visit yes. the family. It'll be a lot less See stressful your old for you. Yeah, so yeah, much you less stressful. Come back. What, Malik Hooker, the state, the Pennsylvania state champion in football and in basketball. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute monster. I, I, it's really cool. I used to call his football and basketball games when he was in wow. high school here now and and now he's one of the best safeties in the national football league uh just a freak athlete and i had a little you know i don't even know what you want to say a little availability with him like there'd be times you know where after one of his basketball games he'd come sit with us for five minutes and do a mm. post-game interview something like that really nice kid uh rooted for that guy when he went to ohio state and, yeah, you and know, during his nfl career Madison too man but we ended up uh we had too many scholarships at that time, so we had kind of offer them. I mean, you know, Ohio State or JMU. It's a tough decision, probably honestly. A, probably, a, <laughs> probably a tough decision Very for tough him. Decision. But, yeah, again, hopefully we see him get better. But, you know, Malik, just take the take weekend off, buddy. It's oh, cool. Justin Houston. You're Justin another Houston, one. Hey, another take, one. Take your time. No rush. Didn't go on Wednesday. Was limited yesterday. They've been banged up kind of both of their bookends. Yes. Jabal Sheard, now he has – he, he has did the foot go injury. Yeah. He did go full practice yesterday after not playing on Wednesday. So good mm-hmm. news there for the the former pit man. Another guy familiar with yeah, uh, pit. with Western Pennsylvania coming back here with the Colts. But yeah, Justin Houston and Jabal Sheard both banged up. Uh Quentin Nelson again, like I said, has been limited the past two days. But uh, it seems like he's he's good to go if you if you listen to the talk around that team. And mm-hmm. Eric Ebron. Yeah. We know how important the tight ends are for this Colts team. Absolutely. Was not in practice Wednesday, did not practice yesterday either. That could be a, a tough loss for them. We mentioned T.Y. Hilton on the offensive side of the ball. There's Listen, we know the Steelers are dealing with their issues too, but, man, it's it's not like the Colts team is rolling in here with a clean bill of health either. Not at all, and that's something that if you're the Steelers, you have to be looking at and feeling very good about. Now, granted, the Steelers have their own injury concerns, in yeah. particular in that running back room. James Conner, once again, didn't practice. Obviously, you know Benny Snell, he's going to be down on the show for a couple of weeks. Ramon didn't practice, still in the protocol. Just, Pouncey did practice, He, he was though. full, full yeah. participant. So that was, that's good that was news. very positive. But that's the type of stuff you're just kind of like, whew, all right now. I mean, we, I still like us, but whew. It's not making it any easier right now. I, I do the the pouncy news. You know, yesterday during the show, towards the end there, shout, when, shout when, out to Tunch. when Tunch popped his head in and said to us, "Hey, pouncy, pouncy, practicing today." That's encouraging news for me because with Ramon Foster, you never know with how these things go with concussions, right? But particularly on a short week, I, I feel much better about the fact. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday too. If the if they just have to write, okay, Ramon's out, BJ's in. It's that's just a, a one for yeah. one swap. That's simple. You're not moving anything else right. around. As, that's particular from your starting lineup, right? And you feel mm-hmm. great with BJ Finney going in there as well, too. Absolutely, he's a guy who's shown that he could play at a high level. He's a guy that's shown he could be very consistent, and he's a guy that's shown his position flexibility in terms of being able to play center or guard at a starting caliber level, above the line, mm-hmm. varsity, varsity football. 
So, no James Conner. Benny Snell, obviously, we know he's going to be out for a few weeks. If James doesn't go on Sunday and Jalen Samuels is the guy with, with Trey Edmonds behind him, is it fair to think that we could see, you know, again, for, for lack of a better term, some some gimmicky stuff in the run game? Could we see, like we saw against the Bengals, them trying to find some creative ways to confuse the defense to give Jalen Samuels opportunities that maybe better suit his strengths? I mean, I think they could try some of that, but I think the approach that they'll go with is what they what you saw with um, the Steelers when they played the Chargers and Duck was just giving the, the quick little three-yard swings and dump passes right now to James Conner using those as pseudo-run plays. Sure. Jalen Samuels can operate at a high level in space. He can make guys miss. He's very twitchy. So if you know this Colts defense is, you know, very stout against runs, in particular runs directly at them. Yes. Don't try the gimmicky stuff. All you do is if you're lining up in the gun or if you're, you know, under center, just making sure that Jalen is going right now, flaring right now, not worrying about chipping a, a pass rusher. He's going right now. You're getting him the ball early in space and making these linebackers have to make open field tackles. Now, granted, they have Darius Leonard, who's one of the best at doing that, but that's the matchup that I see. That's that's how I would anticipate them going about their business in particular instead of just trying to run directly at a team that hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in, what, how many games now? Since... It was last year sometime, right? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I thought it was week 14 or 15 yeah. of last year. It was towards the tail end right, of last right. season. So it's been eight, nine games, something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, man. So it's like, why try to attack a team that that's one of their strengths? We talked a lot about strength on strength and the Steelers' front against the Colts' offensive line. If you flip that conversation, I know you had some opportunity to watch Colts' film. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Steelers' O-line against the Colts' front? I think that this is a matchup that they should win. I think the Steelers' offensive line, well, now granted they're going to be down Ramon, but BJ is a guy that they were, I mean, if, if Ramon doesn't sign back, BJ, BJ was, was the guy. guy. Yeah. So I don't view it as, oh, this offensive line should be viewed differently or weighted differently. I think this is a matchup that they should be able to have success, in particular, moving these guys off the ball. Now, granted, they have, you know, good players up front, as we talked about with Justin Houston and Jabal Sheard, but they are a little banged up. And those are the things. Now, they have uh, Marcus Hunt. Remember him from uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati? Big guy. And he always presents a matchup issue just because of the size associated with him. But other than that, you're still looking at this team like, I don't they they're not scary in terms of them not being able to move those guys in the run game. Right. Now from a pass standpoint, Justin Houston obviously he can cook. We know that. He he's done it at a high level for a while now. But I think that this is one of those positions where they got to take over. They have to establish their dominance. You got to win in the trenches on both sides, yes. right? Now the only thing that I don't like is when we speak of the Steelers offensive line, we're speaking from what we've seen them do years past sure well we've seen good point. Do versus very poor teams in the Bengals the Chargers and the Dolphins we haven't seen this offensive line look dominant versus a formidable opponent Niners yet. and Seahawks so that's the only thing that still makes me concerned in terms of I from what I've seen from this team in years past it's like oh this should be a, a matchup that you book you know this offensive line is good enough it's got the same players why aren't they doing it but the issue is we haven't seen them consistently do that versus good talent this season. 
So that's the only reason why I'm a little hesitant to say that, mm-hmm. oh, this is one that they should definitely dominate and win up front. Sure. Sure. Uh, that's a good point by you on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. I know you're going to talk about, I assume. I mean, I don't know here. I mean, you here know, you go assuming. I ass- assuming? I'm assuming, assumption I'm assuming that we're going to deep dive into this more in Five Star Friday. But Don I Juan guess. wants to know with two all pros, Cam and Nelson going at it, does Cam have an advantage being the veteran in that matchup? <sighs> Typically, I would say yes. Because veterans, you've seen a lot. You more know polished. a lot more experience. That does play a role. But Quentin is a, a very elite talent. All pros a rookie last one, year. One of the best to do it. And like you said, he's only going to get better. So granted, I think what Cam has in experience, I think Quentin has in youth and athletic ability in terms of what he's able to do from that guard position that – it's not a lot of guards in this league that could do what he does. I mean, just think about DeCastro, like the type of special he is. Like that's what you're seeing from this kid as a – well, going into his second year now. That's special. I wanted to make sure to ask you this too. In the last 70 years, okay? Man, how, how old am I? All right, go ahead. I don't think you and I t- combined hit 70. Yeah, that's that's good. In the last 70 years, the Colts and the Steelers franchises, granted there was Baltimore Colts mixed in there as well as the Indianapolis Colts, have met 30 times in the last 70 years. Mm -hmm. Steelers have won 24 of those 30 matchups. That's about right. But does that mean anything on Sunday at Heinz Field? Not anything at all, man. Every matchup, every game is unique in itself. Every game has its own significance. So regardless of what history may say, regardless of what the numbers may say in terms of they've – We've historically have had their number. Remember that Big Ben 500-yard, six-touchdown, Bumblebee uniform? That's why you love those Bumblebee uniforms yeah, that so was much. My first, I, that was my first time wearing the Bumblebees. I was uh, okay. 14, wasn't it? Yeah, I, believe I was 14. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because Houston and uh, the Colts got the the bad end of those 500-yard mm-hmm. performances back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when I think about all that, I mean, because I've never, I don't, yeah, I've never lost to the Colts as a Steeler. I mean, beat them in 14. Beat them in 15 at their place. Yes. That was the thanks. Was that Thanksgiving? I think so. I think that was the Thanksgiving game. Either four, or either 15 or 16 was Thanksgiving. We beat them on their spot. Right. Yeah. But, and then even in 17, we beat them out there. Mm-hmm. Right? It is what it is, man. But winners, that, winners win. But that doesn't mean anything on Sunday. Clean sleep. Hey, man. Big Ben's not walking through that door. <laughs> you know, Arthur Andrew Most, Luck's not walking through Andrew that door. Andrew Luck's not walking through that door. Arthur Most not walking through that door. It's a lot of people that aren't walking through that door anymore, man. Chuck Pagano's not walking through that door anymore. Nope. nope it's not happening, man. <laughs> it's not. On Twitter, if you want to chime in at Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. When we come back here. I've got three predictions for Sunday. I thought you were I got three questions. I was say that was just a you can't have questions today. <laughs> I got three predictions for Sunday that I want to run by Arthur Motes and also <gasps> the singing <gasps> of our Indianapolis version Uh-oh. of the Here We Go song. I think I'm excited. Oh, it's going to get real electric when we return, so don't go anywhere. You'll learn Motes with you here on the day before the day before inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
I have got some predictions for Arthur Motes about Sunday at Heinz Field, 1 o'clock, against those Indianapolis Colts rolling into time. The horseshoe on their helmet. Uh. The blue and white jersey. I do like those jerseys. It's a nice color. You can't say you like those jerseys. What are you talking about? I can say I like those jerseys. No, I mean, man. They're on. the enemy. You got to honesty. everything. Honesty is the best policy. I don't even know how to be honest anymore. Oh, I hate honestly. those jerseys. They just look like Duke rolling into here. And what yeah. the heck is a horseshoe anyways? There you go. <laughs> We're going to sing our uh, Here We Go song, Colts Edition, in just a few minutes here. But before we do that, Arthur Motes, I've got three, count them, three predictions for you. Uno, dos, tres. Cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Four. Ocho, cinco? (laughs) Yeah, ocho, cinco's coming out of retirement. That's prediction number one. All right, I like it. (laughs) I've got three predictions for you, and I, you know me, Motsi. All right, I don't mind uh, putting myself out there, right? This is very true. I don't mind, (laughs) I don't mind getting, you know, getting ripped on. I don't mind sounding like maybe like like a dink from time to time. So, these aren't softball predictions. No, no, no. Huh? Okay? So this isn't like, oh, yeah, I bet you, um, you know, oh, I bet you the Steelers get two sacks against that Colts offense. <laughs> like, these are all that I thought, right, were pretty bold predictions. Okay? Nothing that, there's no, I think you'll agree, there's no layups amongst these predictions, right? We're going to see. We're going to see. So we're going to see. So the first one that I got for you, and this is bold because we haven't seen it yet this year. Uh-oh. James Washington or Dante Moncrief scores a touchdown Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. Uh, I mean, you say that's bold. I believe that James got something in him. I do too. I think he has something. And I think you even saw a little bit from Moncrief yeah. against Miami on Monday night. You got a banged up Colts he, secondary. He's trending in the right direction. You got a banged up Colts secondary. You got a banged up Steelers backfield. We, we talked about this yesterday. I think Mason's going to have to make some plays. Oh, without a doubt he is. And they're going to try and take Juju and Deontay out of the game. Obviously, we hope the tight ends get some spin, but prediction number one, Moncrief or Washington touchdown Sunday afternoon. I like it. I'm rolling with it. Yeah? I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And that's fair, right? That's not, I'm not cheating there. That's not an easy no. layup. I'm, put, I'm, put, I'm putting myself <laughs> It's not <up>. an easy <laughs> layup. <laughs> <laughs> if you just said Deontay Johnson, I'm like, oh, man, you come on, that's easy. Right, if I said Juju and yeah, Deontay yeah. is going to score if a touchdown. I said James Washington and then Dante Moncrief. One of those two is going to score a touchdown Sunday at you Heinz Field. You want to throw Switzer in there as well, why don't you? I mean, okay, you make it easier yeah. for me. All right, I'll throw Switzer Gosh. in there too. Oh, man. <laughs> Anybody not named Juju or Deontay Johnson going to catch a touchdown pass. No, James Washington and Deontay Moncrief, touchdown. That is prediction number one. I like that. Okay. Prediction number two here, Mason Rudolph and Jacoby Brissett both throw an interception Sunday at Heinz Field. Oh, all right. I can see one of them. Both of them? Uh, well, you know, this is the thing. Let, let's see. How, let me put my radio hat on here, all right, mm-hmm. from a media broadcasting standpoint. Mm-hmm. Get that tinfoil going on. I do feel that this Steelers secondary mixed with this pass rush of the Steelers are, is going to force Jacoby to make some bad throws. It's going to force him to be uncomfortable. And I do think that bodes well in terms of the Steelers getting interception. So I do like that. Now, my heart wants me to say, Mason, no, not gonna Mason. Turn, Mason, you're not turning this ball over. 
That's what my heart wants me to say. The black and gold that I bleeds wants me to say that Mason's looking at adversity in the eyes. And he's and not he's blinking. saying, I'm not blinking, my friend. I don't have eyelids. I cut them off in the first half of that Miami Dolphins game. That's what I want to believe. But then I, I take my heart out of it and I use my head. And I say, this is a young quarterback. Who's going to have to make some plays. Who's going to have to make some plays. But that means he's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to take some chances. And with that being said, I think some of those chances, every once in a while, you take too many chances and you get got. In the words of Coach Tomlin, gunfighters get shot too. It's true. That's so, a good. That's a good Tomlinism. So I think right here he might get hit once. So, yeah, both those guys get interceptions. I so, can dig it. So you don't hate that prediction either? Unfortunately, no. All right, last one here. This is another one. I think you'll like it and maybe dislike it at the same time. Adam Vinatieri. Makes and misses a field goal for the Colts. Yeah, but see, I don't think that's too bold because they they popping fifty plusers with uh with Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. I think he well, nice he made from, two of them last yeah, week, fifty five and fifty one. But then he, he missed a, a, a the he missed forty. A, no, he missed an extra point. No, 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 he missed right? an extra point. But then he also missed it was like a forty one yarder as well. Okay, and that was when, like I said, the dude whoever I think it was number ninety for the Broncos, like he jumped through the a gap. Yes. And then it just popped up. I'm like, whoa. And it made him, like, miss it. I'm like, you know, I don't blame that. The extra point was totally on Vinatieri, though. There was no excuse for that. Uh, Maybe the least bold of the three, but Adam Vinatieri. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's not going to miss. Okay. I don't think he misses. Adam Vinatieri makes, Even at Hines. makes and misses a field goal. And I think he might hit a 50-yarder. Ooh. Into the open end zone, too. Ooh. I, I like the old guy. You do like the old like guy. The old guy. Uh, Chris Boswell, uh, he could play a don't big you, factor in this game. Don't you put that on game. him now. Oh, no. I'm the only, oh, okay. Whew. I mean, he's yeah, been me great this year. The Bless. only one he missed was a 54-yarder. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was, a t- that was into the op- wasn't open that, that was into the open, open end, end, right? Yeah. yeah. It gets a little janky on the open end. It gets a little janky. Yeah. There was a, that pit kicker made a 54-yarder this past weekend, yeah. right, which tied the Heinz Field record. 54-yarder. Yeah, I don't remember if his was into the open end or not. I think it I might have been either. into the close end. Now, what I want to know is how do they use it, I guess, as a stadium record when they're using different size footballs, though, collegially versus oh, NFL? Oh, Arthur like, Mozart putting on his little conspiracy theory I'm, cap. I'm just saying, like, the, the the footballs are drastically different, which is why for quarterbacks, when they're coming from college to the NFL, the hand size is so important. Yeah, because the football is is a lot larger. Hmm. <laughs> and it don't Interesting. have the, and it don't have them cool little stripes on it either. We play man, you know. That's a, a good man ball. That's a good point by you. But hey, I guess it's professionals against amateurs, so you know. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. We'll let it slide. Yeah, Still impressive. I, guess. I, I don't well, care what. Well, don't you call it? A, don't you call it a Hinesville record then? <laughs> Say it's the Hinesville Collegiate Record. There you go. Yeah. I, I'm still impressed. Anybody who can hit a 50 yard plus field goal in that stadium, particularly this time of year, True. I don't care what size football you're using. I'm impressed at least. I, I agree. You might have to. It might take a little more to impress Motsi, but I'll but I'll take it. You know, I'm bougie. You got yeah. You got wine and dime me if I get impressed. <laughs> You got any predictions you want to make? Obviously, Moats and I will give, you know, when we do our get the get that paper, show me the money at the end of the show, we'll give our official predictions for the Steelers game. But those are some predictions that I had about yeah, some things I guess, happening I guess throughout bold, the game. My bold prediction is. Oh, yeah. You have one outside of the lines here for us? I do, actually. Okay. What you got? Mason Rudolph, over 300 yards passing. Nice. Has not done it all season. That would bode well for the Steelers' chances. This, this is his time. 
I like Three, it. 300 pass and two touchdowns. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right, so there's some outside-the-box predictions. Well, not even outside-the-box, just uh, different from our normal score predictions yeah. and things of that line. Again, we'll get to those at the end of the show. But now Uh-oh. it's time Here we go. to sing some songs. If you know what we're talking about here, if you're part of the power grid, if you've listened to us you know, consistently, we've been doing this thing on Fridays where we take – you know, that famous Steelers Here We Go song, you know, the Roger Woods song I'm talking about. Here we go, Steelers. And we take the words, I take the words here, and I, you know, put on my Weird Al Yankovic hat. <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, I rewrite the words about the Steelers' upcoming opponent specifically. Yeah, I don't sing anything. Well, you're just my hype man here. I do what I do. I'm like DJ Clue and, and uh, DJ Khaled. You're like DJ Khaled, yeah. I, I'm like Puff Daddy. I dance in the back of the video. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, uh, so we uh, try to have a little fun here, make you laugh. So here's our Here We Go song, Indianapolis Colts edition. Here we go. Here we go. Stellars. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I gotta have this intro here to get my Pittsburghese right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Here we go. I get you right. Hold on. Pittsburgh, the six time Super Bowl champs. Oh, yeah, we got that new West. Oh yeah, here that here we go. I hear you, Wes. Here it it's comes. your time, Wes. Get them what they want. Get them what they want. Yeah, boy. Here come the Stellars, stacking some wins. They stacking them two in a row against the Bolts and the Fins. Uh. Sunday at Heinz, we're going for three, three. against the blue-clad Colts from Indy. Here we go. <laughs> Steelers, yeah. I hear you, Wes. Go get it, baby. Verse two, jump that verse two, Wes. Get it, be what they want. Yeah. Power grid. We know the defense is coming to play. Oh, they playing, baby. Splash all over, taking the ball away. Split splash like a water park. Stopping the run and defending the pass. Oh, yeah. Here comes TJ Watt to knock Brissett on his butt. Oh, Here we go. Oh, that's the one right there. That's the one. Uh-uh. No horses right here, baby. Yeah. You're yeah. Gonna, gonna really like one of the lines in this verse. Get on West. Get on to West. The last one, drop that. Health of the running backs is up in the air. Are we a little up in the air, So we turn to the quarterback with the good hair. Oh, shout out to Mason. Mason and company have some plays to make. And on Sunday, we get back in the division race. Here we go. Stack the wins, stack them. Stack the wins, stack them. Good hair crew. Good hair crew. Shout out the defense. Shout out the defense. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Here we go. All right, you know how this works. I want you to review on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body fifty two. The body. All right, Motes, what's my score on this week's Here We oh, Go? Oh man, song? you know One you killed that baby. You killed that baby. I give you a ten point ten. Yes, sir. Woo! Did you like the? I like the hair one. 
I figured you'd like uh, the I hair some, one and then the TJ. Ones. Yeah, yeah. The stopping the run, defending the pass. Here comes TJ Watt to yeah. knock Brissett on his butt. I like that. Mm-hmm. You, you took it to the line, but you ain't cross it. That's, that's a sign of a great artist. We're trying to keep a PG around here. It's you always know? PG, right? You know that, man. <laughs> that's the sign of a great artist. <laughs> you got the ability to toe that line. You got to toe the line, man. Toe the line. <laughs> that was my time to shine. I'll probably sing that again before we get out of here. You're going to drop that again, man. Let me know what you thought on Twitter at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. When we come back, it's Motsi's time to shine as it's my favorite part of the Friday show, a little five-star Friday. Arthur Motes will tell you from his keen football eye, the five most important matchups that will determine the outcome of Steelers-Colts Sunday at Heinz Field. We'll go after some five-star matchups when we return. You're inside the Electric Factory on a Friday. It's Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Euler Remotes here with you inside the electric factory on a Friday, the day before, the day before. Steelers play one of their most important, arguably their most important game, I think certainly, of the season. Hour number two. Motsi, the tweets are rolling in about the Here We Go song. Here we go. Mark says knocked it out of the park. Motes with the horsey whiny. <laughs> Priceless. Jason <laughs> says best Here We Go so far. 15 out of 10. Killing it. Steven pumping some watts with the body. Here we go. Getting better each week. Go Rebecca. Our, our good friend Rebecca Litwinovich. She's right? a good friend of the show, right? Is she, is she a good friend of the show category? Well, see, it's different. We have, like, good friends. And that's all of our power grid, right? But right, we have, right. like, good friends of the... So, you know what I mean? There's, like, a different... She's like, she's, like, a good, good friend yeah. of the power grid. We do... You know, right? I need to think of, like, a special name. Because you're right. I do usually reserve the good friend of the show. The GFOS, right? right is that, really only Jordan Dangerfield and Brian Backo. Correct. correct. Hmm. Huh. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll let it marinate. Because we got the power grid. The power grid is, like... It's good stuff. Yeah. So, Rebecca is good friend of the power grid. How about that? Oh, there we go. How about that? She was the one, too. Rebecca... If you're listening right now, she was lit win of it. Who really like encouraged the "Here We Go" song? She did. She from did. from when we kind of ad libbed it against the Ravens, she was like, "That was great. You got to make that a thing." So don't worry, we will do it again about 1:40 ish before we get out of here and make our show me the money picks. Show uh, me the money. <laughs> Christopher chiming in here, freaking killed it this week. The T.J. Watt line was gold, and he adds, "I believe this is a gift from uh, Emperor's New Groove," which. Yes. If you know anything about me, I love that movie. So good work there mm-hmm. by Christopher. But, you know, Motsi, that was my time to shine, all right? I, we'll, we'll do it again before we get out of here. You know, but Arthur Motes, it's a Friday. It's about 1 o'clock. Uh-oh. That means it's time for you to put on your professor cap, call everybody into the classroom. Talk to it. And as we do, as always, on Friday here mm-hmm. on the – well, I mean, sometimes on Monday, depending on when the Steelers play – We'll have to do it on a Thursday here in a couple weeks when the Steelers head out to Cleveland. But when the Steelers play on Sundays here on the show, we do a little thing called Five Star Friday where Dabati Arthur Motes gives you his five biggest matchups 
that will determine the outcome of the Steelers game with their current opponent. Of course, this weekend being the Indianapolis Colts. It's time for Five Star Friday. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! Five-star Friday! Matchup number one. Oh, yeah. So you know people's been asking about it. We've hinted to it. We've talked about it briefly all week, but my five-star matchup that I have to kick off the week with, Cam Hayward versus Quentin yeah, Nelson. I didn't know if you'd lead off oh, with this or hey, have man. it at the end. Listen, the same way with your uh, best of the West, you start at number one That's and you right. work your way down. That's right. Let's not wait. Let's, let's not make the people beg for it. Uh-uh. Cam Hayward, all pro, versus Quentin Nelson, all pro. You got the age versus the youth. You got bruiser versus bruiser. Pash Fresher. You know, it's just, this is what you pay for. These type of good on good matchups mm. is what you want to see. And it's not often that you get this. And in particular, when it's D Lyman, where they're going to be going at each other pretty much every play. Ha! <sighs> you talk about a guy that's excited. You talk about a guy that's going to be motivated. Cam Hayward, man. He, he He's had his opportunities, right? He's finally worked his way where he's a known name in this league. But now, Tua was getting the recognition this season. Tua goes down. He comes up in a big way last week with the sack. Now he gets a chance to say, hey, I got y'all this week. I got y'all. I take over this matchup. They're not running the ball, and they're going to have to pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And if he can't stop me passing, if he can't pass block me, it's over. I love this five-star matchup. And if, man, if Cam can get the best of Quentin there, that just opens up everything else for the rest of the defense. Oh, man. Because then all of a sudden they got to help. They got to bring help on, on Cam Hayward. Opens Changes up opportunities everything. for Watt and Bud. And, oh, yeah. That is big on big. That is strong on strong. Yes, that is indeed. good on good, whatever you want to call it. And that is certainly a matchup to keep an eye on. Chief most, maybe amongst a, a whole litany of juicy matchups here. Oh, yeah. Cam. Hayward against Quentin Nelson, as you mentioned it, all pro on all pro, age versus youth, a whole bunch of fun storylines there. And without a doubt, the uh, the main event oh, yeah. of this five-star Friday. Absolutely. Five-star Friday, matchup number two. Now, we got to stay on the dark side, the defensive side of the ball, and in particular one of my old rooms, the linebacker room, baby. Devin Bush and Mark Barron, yes. Versus Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Now, granted, Ebron has been missing some time this week. Mm -hmm. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? We'll find out soon enough. But either way, the impact of these tight ends for this Colts offense has been huge. They are Jacoby Brissett's safety blanket. Eric Ebron has the athletic ability to make some plays down the field. Jack Doyle is one of the most shorthanded tight ends you're going to see. Yeah. Devin Bush and Mark Barron, these are matchups that y'all have to win. Now, the thing that I like about the Steelers, Devin Bush and Mark Barron in this matchup is neither one of these tight ends are going to be blazers. They're not going to just flat out run by you. I think Devin and Mark will probably be faster than both of them, definitely faster than uh, Doyle. And like I said, I think they should be faster than Eric Ebron. But with that being said, 
you have to be more disciplined because these guys can run routes. These guys understand how to use their body to position themselves to get open, and Jacoby does a good job of putting the ball where only they can get it. So your eye discipline is going to have to be key. It's going to have to be critical. You're going to have to have elite-level focus. But with that being said, this is a matchup that they should win, and I don't I don't want it to be close. I understand Ebron's had some success this year. He's made some spectacular plays without a doubt. But I'm looking at Devin Bush saying, hey, you've made some, some spectacular plays. Mark Barron, you're coming off one of your best performances back-to-back. So, hey, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? You don't have to wait to be great, Devin. You don't have to wait to be great. You can be great now. Mark, you had a hot performance. Like, hey, can we keep it going? Can we stack another good performance on another good performance? Why not versus two formidable tight ends? I like this for us. Devin Bush, Mark Barron. Against Ebron and Doyle, that is matchup number two. And, hey, if they could even get some splash out of Bush or Barron in the form Mm -hmm. of a turnover in that matchup too, now we're cooking. Five-star Friday, matchup number three. Come on, baby. You know I had to stay on the dark side. I had too much of this praising the offense early in the week. Those days are done. (laughs) Give me defense and give me T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree versus Jacoby Brissett. Yes, my friends, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree versus Jacoby Brissett, and here's why. These guys are going to find ways to get to the quarterback. We saw that last week versus the Denver Broncos. They were finding ways to get pressure on Jacoby. The problem is you have to get Jacoby down. Jacoby reminds people of a poor man's Ben Roethlisberger. He finds ways to shake tacklers off. He finds ways to extend plays and use his legs. Sometimes they have designed play-action passes that give him the run-pass option. Other times he just does a good job of having a feel for where the rush is coming from, and he makes a play. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, He's got TJ, those eyes in the back of his head almost. Absolutely. Feels the rush really well. And he's not a blazer either. But he gets the, but he's, he's very shifty. efficient, shifty. Yeah. So if you're TJ White and you're Bud Dupree and you know you're going to get back there, secure the tackle. Secure the sack. Don't allow him to break tackles and make plays after the fact. And also, in your rush lanes, be smart. Know that, okay, TJ, Bud, y'all been in this system long enough. Y'all know certain calls are man calls, certain calls are zone calls. So with that being said, when it's a man call, understand you're rushing, but understand that there's a high possibility he could have an escape lane make sure you close it down because if he escapes now he's running for 10 15 yards like we Mm -hmm. saw russell wilson do Mm -hmm. that's a backbreaker can that happen Mm -hmm. it won't happen not at heinz field so come on tj come on big bud it's y'all time that's my third five star matchup five star friday matchup number four now my fourth five star matchup I have to cross sides and get back onto the offense. You know, I got to give the offense some love here. And we got to go Jalen Samuels. Yes, Jalen Samuels. Not James Conner because his health is up in the air. And even if he is out there on Sunday, we don't know the full potential of his availability. But what we do know is this. Jalen Samuels is back. Jalen Samuels is healthy. Prior to Jalen Samuels going down with the surgery, he was one of the main focal points of this offense. Anticipate that happening again and in particular in the past game. So look for Jalen Samuels versus Darius Leonard. You know why? Mm. Because Jalen Samuels is going to have to make some plays in the open field. This is good on good. Jalen, you excel at making people miss in the open field. You excel at right after the catch. Guess what? Darius Leonard excels in tackling guys in space, yeah. playing in space, not allowing run after catch. So this is good on good. Jalen, 
can you be better at what you do versus Darius Leonard at what he does? Because if you are, that puts his defense in a bind. They're not going to be able to just sit back and say, you know, it's just man, that guy, man, that guy. No, no, no. They're going to have to get zone eyes. They can have multiple guys coming over there attacking the ball after it's been caught. But that depends on Jalen's success. Now, I think Jalen could get this job done, but it's not going to be easy because Darius, one of my favorite linebackers in this league. He's so good. So good. Long, He's rangy. Be- better than any of those linebackers we saw from the Chargers when the not Steelers had success in that short passing Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Not even close. Way better than what they saw versus the Bengals as well. Oh, and the Dolphins. Yeah. So, it's like I said, it's going to be a tall task, but that's going to be critical for the offense to be successful. Critical. Got to be able to make plays in the open field in the short pass game. Absolutely. Five-star Friday, matchup number five. Now my fifth and final five-star matchup. We got to go to the kid with the good hair. Young Wes Mason. Young. Oh, oh, I wish it was oh, Wes. Okay. You know, he's my favorite. Young Mason. Rudolph, yes. I need you, Mason. I'm calling you, Mason. I'm looking for you, Mason. In particular, you versus this Colts secondary that's been banged up, that has been dealing with some adversity, that might be down their best corner and their best safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Colts secondary, that one. They're not scary, Mason. You've seen scarier. You've been a little more productive versus scarier opponents. I saw what you did in the second half of that 49ers game. I saw that. I can't see it. I like it. Okay? I saw what you looked like in that second half of the Dolphins game. I can't see it. I like it. I don't care who was out there. Nameless great faces. I'm not blinking if you're not blinking. This your time. What better thing to do at Heinz Field? Remember, they were booing you. They were asking for duck highs in the yeah, first half Yeah, we last want week. duck. You remember that? Then what you do, you turned them boos into cheers in the second half, right? That's what you did, Mason. You did that. So why not go out here? and have an elite-level performance from start to finish. Why not come out here on Sunday versus this hot Colts team that's won five out of their last six, Mason, and show the world that you mean business? They said they had a first-round grade on you, Mason. First round? A first-round grade on you, Mason. Well, go out here and show everybody that that is for real. You go out here and show the world that you mean business and that you are the guy for the job going forward. And you go out here and lead this team. You lead this team to a victory at Heinz Field. And you get back in this playoff race. And what would be, I think it's safe to say, right, the first signature win of Mason Rudolph's career? Without a doubt. Not even close. Because, you know, listen, I'm not trying to be rude to, to Cincinnati and Miami. and but Yeah. Those weren't signature wins. Nah. This would be a signature win. Yeah. All yeah. right. There you had it, Five Star Friday. One more time, Arthur Motes, for those who might have missed it or joined us in the middle of the segment. What are your five matchups to watch that will most determine the outcome of Steelers-Colts Sunday afternoon? All right, my first one is Five Star, All-Pro on All-Pro. Cam Hayward versus Quentin Nelson. Yes, indeed. RD Tackle versus their All-World Guard. Big-time showdown. The second matchup, just the 10th overall pick in Devin Bush. Times Mark Barron versus Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Their tight ends are very focal points to their offense. Our linebackers are very focal point of this defense. Let's see who can win that one. Then the third five-star matchup, Mr. T.J. White and Bud Dupree Mm -hmm. versus Jacoby Brissett. Containing that man, getting back there and securing the tackles. Understanding that he's going to try to use his legs in certain situations. Don't let it happen. The fourth five-star matchup. 
Mr. Jalen Samuels versus Darius Leonard. Can we play in space? Who's the better athlete in space? Is your wiggle better than his wiggle? It's one-on-one. That's what I love about that game. But wait, is your wiggle wiggle better than his waggle? Now that's what I really need to know. Because you wiggling while he waggling. You zigging while he's zagging. You thunder while he's lightning. Hey, now we're talking. I need you, Jalen. Oh, and in the fifth and final five-star matchup, Mr. Mason Rudolph. Mr. You the quarterback now. We looking to you, fearless leader. Versus this Colts secondary that's a little banged up. It's a little limpy. It's leaking a little bit. Yeah. Your time, Mason. Get your signature win. Show everybody you mean business. I believe in you. I've never done this before, but I just had an idea. You did? I uh, was like um, Steve Carell. What's his character's name in uh, Despicable Me? Gru. Gru, right? When he goes, light bulb. All right. I like it, Gru. I just had a light bulb. Let's hit it, Gru. Of these five matchups, if the Steelers could only win one, what is the most crucial one for their success? I mean, it might be a, a, a... a low-hanging fruit question, but is it it's Mason's performance against the secondary? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he has to he has to come in here and perform. Like you said, this defense is not giving up a hundred yard rusher in what eight games or however many games it's been mm-hmm. dating back to last season. And you're banged very, up in the backfield. You're banged up in the backfield. You're potentially going to be without James Conner. We will find that out on Sunday, but it's not looking good right now. You're not going to be able to attack them that way. So it's going to depend on you to take advantage of a Colts secondary that is the weak part of their team right now. I now, granted, it. when when all those guys are healthy in their secondary, it's different. Oh, sure. If Malik Cooker was healthy, it's different. Pierre Desir. If yeah. he was healthy, it's different. But that's not the case right now. They're banged up. Who knows both, if either of those guys are going to play in the game or not. That's different. That's why I feel that Mason needs to take advantage of this opportunity. This is one of those games that you go out here and play well, people start to respect you more. Oh, no doubt. And it's that simple. Because this is going to be one of those – there's a nice balance of 1 o'clock, 4.30, and the primetime game this week. This could be the 1 o'clock game that everybody wants to watch. Oh, I think You know, across the landscape. And like you mentioned, it's a little bit different when you're doing it in a game that, you know, maybe a little a little faction of the, the nation is tuned into. Maybe it's really not a huge intriguing matchup nationally – it's different when you make plays in those games, but when you make plays in the games that everyone's keeping an eye on, everyone's tuning into, it's an opportunity for Mason. Like we said, get that first signature win, number two. It's your time, baby. With the good hair. It's your time. <laughs> on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. When we come back here, some X factors across the National Football League for the Steelers and Colts. And some other juicy matchups that I want to get Motsi's opinion on across the entire league when we return inside the Electric Factory. You are listening to Euler and Motes on a Friday, the day before the day before Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR. Euler remotes inside the electric factory on Steelers Nation Radio. A juicy slate of games across the National Football League this weekend, Motsi. Oh, without a doubt. It's funny. I feel like these things, in a way, like, come in waves, right? Like, you have certain weeks where 
you don't you can't have enough TVs. You know, there's like all kinds of games that you want to watch. You have other weeks where you're like, yeah, you know, it's it's not the greatest week for matchups. And I think it's funny too a lot of times how this fluctuates in college football and in the NFL where like this weekend is a really, I think, juicy slate of NFL games. Like, as I guess I can come back to that word, juicy slate of NFL games. Oh, so juicy. Where there's not really much going on in college football on Saturday. Yeah, like, man. I, I told wifey, I said, what do you want to do on Saturday? I said, I'm not married to any of these games. Well, that's just because you guys, you know, lost yesterday. Oh, My uh, number two ranked Jays, Madison University, Dukes are on a bye this it. week. So, I feel you, man. I told wifey, you know, the... Uh, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers roll into Pittsburgh for a matinee Ooh. on Saturday. I told wifey we might, have to, we might have to we might have to go to the hockey game. You know what I have Saturday? What you got? I have big time rec football. My daughter's what? youth football team is playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, I thought Bowl. you were playing. No, she's playing they're playing in the Super Bowl, but she's cheering. So okay. Mr. Cheer Dad has got to be out there representing for my favorite cheerleader I in the whole like wide it. world. I like it. I, I learned some of the cheers too. We got that boom dynamite. I got that boom dynamite. We got that hold up. Wait a minute. Got to put some boom up in it. Don't don't get me started. I be that my cheer. That my girl. Woohoo! I'm the biggest, baddest cheering dad in all the land. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Go green. Go white. Go green. Go white. You know you. You know you. You know you. Boom dynamite. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. We got another matchup this weekend in London, Texans and Jags. And yes. You made an interesting point to me. I wasn't yes. thinking about this. This is like huge in the landscape of that division. No question. If they lose, if if the Jags beat the Texans, Steelers beat the Colts on Sunday, it's mm-hmm. a three-way tie between the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars for first place in that division. Crazy. Crazy. And and all props to the Jags for hanging in there, right? Oh, yeah. Losing Nick Foles in the first half the of their first, first, half first, of the game. first game. Yeah. You got a six round pick rookie quarterback coming in. Hey, but his mustache is fire. And I gotta say too, because I don't think we've mentioned his name on the show at all this year. Some props for Leonard Fournette. Yes. A lot of people were ready to to use a Baker Mayfield term to throw him in the trash heading into this season. Correct. He has had a nice bounce back year and I think proven that he is still a capable number and, one running back in this league. If I'm not mistaken, isn't Telvin Smith with them? Mm-hmm. He, he's not even playing this year. Remember, he took yeah. some time. Took That's some time right. away from the game. So they lost without, Jalen Ramsey, right. obviously. They're without what who who was arguably one of their best linebackers. He had just signed the extension, their best corner in Jalen Ramsey, but they're still finding ways to get it done, man. Got to be kept to them. Chiefs, Vikings. Vikings rolling into Arrowhead. With the NFC Player of the Month, Kirk Cousins. Wait, was he really? Yes. Oh, that's your boy. Listen, man. Oh, that's your boy. Listen. I tell myself all the time that the same way you football Sean Payton and you're the president of the Haters Club, <laughs> I'm the president, CEO, co-founder, founder. CFO, COO. Founding father. <laughs> of you the sit Kirk on Cousins. the board. Of the Kirk Cousins Hater Club, man. I'm just not a fan. But I got to give him his his, uh, his due diligence, his props, man. Like, he's, he's played well He's lately. been playing well. He's been taking care of the ball. That's the thing that makes you so frustrated with Kirk, or what makes me so frustrated. He has these spans where he takes care of the ball and he plays really well, but then he'll go and just relapse so bad, and it's always in critical games. Yes. That's the part that drives me. Is he'll light it up in a game that doesn't matter, a game where it is not so much on the line. Early in the season, yeah, no pressure. When, right, but when the pressure hits and it's really go time, I need you to be the guy. When we talk about the detail that's associated with winning, it gets a lot more in-depth. As the, the season becomes goes a lot along. more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he disappears, and I'm not a fan of it. 
We talked right strength on strength with uh, a lot of the matchups in the Steelers Colts game. You talk about strength on strength, Vikings and Chiefs. Minnesota's defense, fourth best points per game in the league, only allowing 16.5 points per game, that Vikings defense, against Kansas City's offense, which which even in the absence of Mahomes here for two games, ranks fourth in most points per game scored at 28.3. A little strength on strength there. Who did they play recently? The Colts? Yeah. Or Sorry, the Chiefs, I mean. Uh, Packers and Broncos have been their last two games. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. So good Packers defense, yes, and even without, even yeah. without Mahomes, they were still able to put up what yeah. twenty eight on that defense. True, their biggest problem is they can't stop the run. No, they but, haven't been able to since. Yeah, a but long the way time. they were built though was for them to be playing in the lead, and they have pass rushers, which mm-hmm. is perfect. But they're not playing in the lead right now. Jets and Dolphins. Oh yeah, Miami, you're getting off the Schneider. I, I think so too. No, no, no. I think L. Bell's going to get a big game, man. I think he, him and Coach Gates, they had their conversation after L. Bell was on the trading block. Sam Darnold's thrown seven interceptions in the last two games. That was different. That was different. <laughs> <laughs> that was different. Them was jokes. This, you know, a lot of people call that that Dolphins-Redskins game, like, what well, that could be the worst game we've ever seen. Yeah. This might be worse. I think just... With this, it has more star power associated with it. True. With that Jets Big, roster Bigger names. Yeah. So that's the only reason why. But I would love for Fitz to get that W versus the Jets. Me it's too. in the Division two for them, man. Gase versus Flores. Hey. Gase's old team, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A lot of interesting subplots in that yeah. for a game that com- only, has one, only has one combined win between got, the got two teams. Lines. Got some storylines. <laughs> Bears-Eagles. As well, too. Two teams that desperately need wins. The Eagles trying to keep that momentum going. They got up against your Buffalo Bills last weekend. The Bears just trying to stop the bleeding. And really, you know, two teams that pride themselves on on being strong on defense. Yeah, this is true. I just think that Philly is going to get that done because their it's quarterback It's in Philly, play, too. It's in Philly, but their quarterback play is a lot better than... <sighs> The Bears quarterback play. Why not did, even close. Oh, man, the Bears. There were so many. I mean, you could have gone out and gotten Andy Dalton for nothing right. at the trade deadline. And that's the thing that I understand. But when you invest what you invest in Mitch, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you have to ride with them. You have to. You're stuck right now. Titans at Panthers. I think a big bounce-back game to the, for the Panthers to prove that last week against San Francisco was a bit of a fluke, that they're still you know capable of, of making the playoffs in a wild card like we all thought. And get this, though. Ron Rivera, 9-1 and one during his tenure as Panthers head coach against AFC South opponents. But you do have a Titans team that Ron. you do have a Titans team that's been pretty stingy on defense all year. No, without a doubt, they definitely have been pretty stingy on defense. But the thing that I do like in terms of this Panthers team is their defense. And I do think that they ran into a buzzsaw in San Fran. San Fran's playing some really good ball. I mean, we saw even last night versus the Cardinals, who early on people thought the Cardinals were a bad team. But it's like... They're still just trying to find ways to get it done out there, but they played that San Fran team tough. San Fran is a good football team, though, man. And I don't want to put, I don't want to use that as a knock on the Panthers. So I think they definitely have enough, and they will have that bounce back and get that done. And I think for Cal Allen, knowing that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder for a couple more weeks with Cam, I think that's going to help out too. Yeah, Cam going to see the foot specialist, knowing they have some more weeks with his knowing rehab. that it's not like okay, I got to play well right. here or else. I think that helps him out because you have to remember going into last week and prior to that, the conversation was, "Hey, uh, are they going to make the switch back? I know he's hot right now, but I mean, this is Cam Newton we're talking about. They're going to make the switch back, or should they get rid of Cam?" Now 
that kind of gets put to rest. So now he can just relax and just go out there and play his game. I think that's going to help him in a big way. Good point by you. Browns at Broncos, a hobbled Broncos team, starting some quarterback I've never even heard of before. Whew. Against a uh, a Browns team that is seemingly cracking at the seams. But Se- Odell believes in, in, in Baker, man. Odell said nice things about him. Well, that's good enough for me. Come on, man. Uh Browns, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Broncos banged up on offense. We know Mile High can be a tough place to play, but do you think this sets up nicely, potentially? Uh, Browns getting Kareem Hunt as well, too, Ooh. for the first time. Well, they don't even need him. They got Chubb. The, 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 this sets up nicely for the Browns as a, a bounce-back game of sorts, a get-right game of sorts. Yeah, I definitely think it does. I think just in all facets. The only thing, I don't see anywhere where Denver right, has an only, advantage. The only way that Denver has an advantage Pass is if rush. Von Miller goes crazy. Yeah. But they have to stop the run. And that's the biggest thing. With this Browns team, it's frustrating because you see them be able to run the ball. You say, okay, are you going to go out here with the focal point of saying, I want to run the ball? Because if they do that, they're going to beat this Broncos team. But if they go out here and say, no, we want Baker to have a get-right game. We want Baker to come out here and try to mm. impress and throw the ball, get Odell Make and Make him feel better about himself. Then I don't think they're going to be successful because you think about how this Broncos team, they could cover. They got Chris Harris. He's He's been balling. That's, that's Hey, no fly zone. I'm surprised some team didn't try and make a stronger well, play for they, him they at the did. trade deadline. They were trying to trade for him, but they, uh, the Broncos wanted too much. Was it the Chiefs? I, Eagles. The man, Eagles, was it the Eagles? Yes. Yeah. Because yes. they desperately need right. quarterback like help, too. Him, yeah. And for him, he was like, you know, now that that's over, now he's back to just saying, I can focus on being here in this season. So I'm just saying, I don't want – if Cleveland goes out there and tries to just air it out, I don't think that ends well. But if they go out there and establish the run, similar to what you saw them doing versus the Patriots minus the turnovers, if they can go out there and do that, this team could be win. They, they can win. Maybe the juiciest of all. Sunday night in primetime. Uh-oh. Oh, man, Steelers and Browns fans will be tuned into this one for sure. Yes, they will. Patriots at Ravens. Both of these teams, get this, Motsi, tied for the league lead in average offensive plays per game. So two offenses that specialize in staying on the field, wearing down your defense, time of possession. It's... Man, it's going to be an interesting chess match uh, at Baltimore and M&T Stadium, M&T Bank Stadium, pardon me, on Sunday night. Yeah, that's definitely a five-star matchup right Woo. there. Woo-wee. I'm going to be tuned in. I'm excited about it because when you talk about the strengths, Lamar Jackson, that offense, they've been playing at a high level. They take care of the ball. They control the clock. They run the ball really well. They make the passes that they need to make. This Patriots defense, let's be real. Stingy. They are playing at one of those elite, like, historical caliber levels right now. Better metrics than any of their six Super Bowl winning teams. That's scary. And they're healthy. And that's the thing that I'm just like, oh, man. And then the flip side, you have Brady, who hasn't looked the best this year, versus with oh, his With some of his wide receiver yeah. weapons now gone. Right. And now they do have Muhammad Sanu, who's going to have another week in that offense. Yes. I think that helps out a yep. lot. But then I look at the Ravens' defense. They're playing well, but they've been destroyed by injuries as well. So I'm just saying, okay, who's – Who's good is good enough. <laughs> and it's it's kind of an opposite. with that. We've talked about strength on strength. Right. This is kind of a strength versus weakness, weakness versus strength yes. matchup in the sense of, okay, how does that, like you said, on pace to be historic Patriots defense go up against this very unique, almost a one-off type offense, offense that yeah. they haven't seen all year? Correct. And then on the other side of the ball, right, Tom Brady, who 
hasn't looked the greatest, hasn't mm-hmm. necessarily had to go out there and win games with his arm. Right. Against the Ravens defense now that has been making a lot of splash plays in that secondary department, particularly with the addition of Marcus Peters and, and the emergence of, of Humphrey as well. Absolutely. Too. It, it's going to be one of those games that I think the turnovers are going to be huge. 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 And when you talk about the Patriots defense, they thrive in creating turnovers and scoring on those turnovers, whereas the Ravens of lately, they've been getting turnovers. It's so many interesting it, things with that. Are you calling upset? Is that what you're calling? Well, would the Ra- Ravens winning being the yeah. upset? Because I think, yeah. right, the Patriots are favored by two and a half? Yes. Man. Are you asking me just who wins or with the spread here, too? No, no yeah. spread, just who wins. Okay, just who wins? I think I, I think I would say the Patriots. I think I'd be foolish not to. But you don't to. think they cover? It's two and a half. I, I think at most they win by three. At most. I, you know, too, over the last, what, 10 years, the Ravens have played them very well, particularly in Baltimore. They have. Uh, they've had a week to rest. Mm-hmm. Man. I don't know. I, again, I think I'm still I think I'm still picking the Patriots <laughs> to win and cover. But okay. you know, win by like three or four points, something yeah. like that. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens won. And and yeah. like a week ago, I wouldn't have said that. But after what right. we saw in Seattle and they've had a week off to prep, man, it's it's gonna be one of those, I think. Right down to the wire. Yeah, a lot. You know what wouldn't surprise me if we saw honestly if it was a very similar type game to the Super Bowl that the Patriots played against the Rams. Yeah, lower scoring than we all expect, right? And just teams kind of waiting for the other team to make a mistake or waiting patiently for their opportunity, and maybe that Patriots defense, you know, forces a timely turnover, and the Patriots win seventeen to fourteen, something like that. But I really do think it's going to be a low scoring game. I wonder what the over under is on that game. Give me a second here. Yeah, no. go, go, go check give it me, out. Give go, me a second. Check, I know this is this is thrilling this, radio for everybody. 44 points is the over-under wow. in that game. Give me the under. Give me I the like under. That. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I say this, too. I don't think, as high as I was on the Ravens when they played the Seahawks, mm-hmm. I don't see that Ravens defense scoring 14 points no. on this Patriots offense. They're not going to get a pick six and a scoop six. Right. I, I just don't see that. Yeah, I don't either. Because again, that's what the Patriot the Patriots are never going to, you know, beat themselves in that way. They'll sit back, they'll be patient on offense, they'll wait for you to make their mistakes, they'll wait for their opportunity. Oh man, it's gonna be a good chess match between Harbaugh and Bell. Yeah, two coaches that are very familiar with each other oh, too. Without a doubt. And we always talk about how this Ravens team never seems to play like they're scared of the Patriots either. And that's the thing that I like. They never make it like the moment's too big for right. them. They just go out there and do their thing. They just execute. Our buddy Thrash Metal Guy chimes in here on Twitter. He says, you could call the extra special power gritters megawatts. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty I good. I like that. All right. I like that. I like that. All right, that. Thrash, you're a megawatt. All right. So is Rebecca. So is David. So, so is Mark. So is Don Juan. Yeah. So is Joseph. Yeah, so so is our man CR. So is our man CR, of course, even though we haven't been able to talk to him on the phone lines for a little bit. Shout out, CR. I like that. Still in nation Chicago. I like that. The megawatts. When we return here, I will sing for you one more time. <laughs> I like he's, I will sing for you. I will sing you a song. Hey, here we go, here we go. Hey, trap, trap. Our Here We Go Indianapolis Colts version. If you missed it the first time, we will have that again when we come back. And also, as we wrap up on a Friday, you know what that means. What that mean? Show me the money. Show me the money! We will help you get that paper. 
got to get the paper. When we come back. So stay with us, all right? A fun end of the show here when we return. You're inside the Electric Factory listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Breaking news into the electric factory, and it's good news as the Steelers are concerned. T.Y. Hilton is out for Sunday just now via his head coach, Frank Reich. So the most explosive offensive weapon for the Colts will not be playing on Sunday. Hey, we hope T.Y. is fine and able to recover and healthy, but we'll take it this Sunday at Heinz Field. No T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. That's a big one, Motsi. I like it. Yep. That Steelers win is looking a lot better now. Woo! Confidence is going up. All right, am I going to have to change my score prediction here? Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, I'm changing mine. I like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, to sing a song here for you. You're gonna sing in just a minute. But first, before we do, you know, I like to get the last questions from the power grid, right? Oh, from you the, right, you right, you from right. From the megawatts out there. <laughs> so we Shout got a couple questions here. Brian asks. Hey, Brian. Uh, next season, if you had to lose one, Hargrave or Dupree, who would you choose? I think I'd say Bud, just because you're going to get two it back. Hayward's still there. I, I would, I would, ra- or I would rather lose. Par- I'd rather keep Bud. Pardon me. So oh, I, would I was rather, like, I would rather minute, lose. Bro. I would rather lose Hargrave, yeah, and because yeah. I think without a first round pick in the draft, it's going to be harder to go out and replace Bud right away as well, too. So for those reasons, I think I'd say. If I had to lose one, Hargrave. I'm glad that you clarified that. Yeah. Because you Sorry, talked about I was thinking, Bud. I'm I was like, thinking if what? I had to keep one, I'd keep Bud. Yeah. yeah. I was like, pass rushes are hard to find. They don't just grow on trees. And if it's looking like Bud has developed and he's continuing to take a step in the right direction, without a doubt you keep him. Even if he isn't a perennial 10-plus sack guy, he's very formal. He's starting caliber in this league. Oh, no doubt. And there's a lot of teams out here that are still searching for starting caliber outside linebackers. With Hargrave, as good as he is, you still have Tyson Alu-Alu. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. And you drafted Bugs last year. Yeah. And you got big Dan McCullers. So, so you have options. Like you said, you got to it coming back. And then just because the amount of sub-package ball that you play in the NFL, right. how like the amount of snaps that he's playing compared to Bud, who's out there every defensive He's played snap. over 90% yeah. of the snaps so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping Bud. Chris chimes in here in relation to those Lev Bell rumors that were floating around at the trade deadline. Would the Steelers take Lev back? I think they would have. Much more, it, much more like uh, than, than compared to AB, like yeah, without a doubt. But I AB think it, could come to Mr. Rooney's house, knock on his door, yeah. say, "I'm really sorry, I've learned my lesson," and they'd say, "We appreciate it, but so long, yeah. Sayonara." I think the biggest thing would have came down to the money element of it. Yeah. If the Jets were going to be on the hook, similar to how when AB was traded from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's still on the hook for his salary, the cap hit. If it was going to be that type of situation, then I think the Steelers would have definitely been open to it. And they said, I mean. Le'Veon said that he, his agent had talked to the Steelers about the trade and stuff like that. It was just that the Colt, I mean the uh, the Jets wanted too much, so I don't see it as too far fetched. No way, and why they win it, especially when you look at the room right now and the injuries they've sustained in that yeah. room and the lack of productivity. I mean, James Conner had a big game this past week, but up until then he had been struggling. Let's be real about it. So when you think about that, I mean, it couldn't have hurt. 
No, and like I said, infinitely more likely to happen again potentially one day than than Antonio Brown ever returning to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, before we get that paper, before we hit the NFL films music, Uh like we like to do, get out of here on a Friday one more time. One more time, uh, some music before we play some music. How about hey. that? The penultimate to the penultimate. For those of you who missed it the first go round, we always like to do it once in each hour of the show on a Friday. So our nice, new, you got to do it twice. Our new tradition, the Here We Go song, Indianapolis Colts edition. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh, the six-time Super Bowl champs. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Give it to them, Wes. Give them what they need, Wes. Step into the booth. Come on, Wes. You got your vocals up? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, yeah. It's your time. Showtime. Here come the Steelers, stacking some wins. Stack them, stack them. Two in a row against the Bolts and the Fins. Oh, yeah. Sunday at Heinz, we're going for three against the blue-clad Colts from Indy. Here we go. Nah, bruh, stealing Macy. Oh, yeah. Our time. Showtime. Verse two. Get it to him, Wes. Woo! We know the defense is coming to play. Playing the play. Splash all over, taking the ball away. Splish, splash. Stopping the run and defending the oh, pass. Oh, it's my part. It's Here my part. TJ Watt to knock Brissett on his butt. There it is. There it is. There it is. Woo! <laughs> All right, strong finish here. Oh, yeah. Drop that. The final verse right here. Final verse, Wesley Euler. Coast, here we go. Yeah. Health of the running backs is up in the air. It's a little questionable. So we turn to the quarterback with the good hair. Young Mason. Not Mason West. and company have some plays to make. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, we get back in the division race. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Stack, stack them. Stack, stack, stack them. Got the wins. Got the good hair, mate. Sit. Woo! All time. Still a nation. Yeah, let's go. Ha ha. Power grid. Shout out. Megawatts. Yeah. There it is. That's what now? Is that three three or four straight weeks we've done that? Well, not with the no, bye week. But. Uh, four. Ravens, Ravens Chargers, Chargers, Dolphins, and now Colts. Dolphins and now Colts. There it is. If any of you out there are record executives, I can be bought pretty easily. Hey, we won't charge a lot. Just a little bit. You know, I mean, you know, you can nab me and I'll move to New York City, you know, and I'll start writing songs for everybody, you know? I I mean, come on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm never leaving the power grid. I'm never leaving the megawatts. I'm never leaving the body, Arthur Most. The body. Because you know why. I mean, it's just too much fun. Inside the electric factory. Why would I ever want to leave, particularly on a Friday, Motsi? Which means a couple things around here. Uh oh, uh oh, right? uh oh. It means our Here We Go song. Yeah, always Here We Go. It means your five star Friday breakdown. Five star matchup. 
But it also means before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's usually pleasantries up until this point. Oh, but yeah. we do a little bit of sparring before we get out of here. Little fisticuffs. A uh, segment that we call Get That Paper. where we, the, Get the Paper. We give you five games. What we do usually, right, is three across the National Football League, mm-hmm. one college football game, and then the Steelers game as well, yeah, too. We, Steelers. We give you a score prediction before oh, yeah. we get out of here. Everything they need, everything they want. So far through eight weeks of the regular season. Uh-oh. Talk about it. Talk about it. Moats and I are neck and neck. Great minds think alike. That's what they say. Neck and neck through eight weeks. 21, 13, and 1 the 21, record. 21, 21, So both of us well above the above the line there, if you will. We varsity over here. And you know what we're doing is if people are listening to us, we're helping them get that paper. We're showing them the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Again, 21-13-1, the mark that Moats and I both sit out here about halfway through the season. But you know what they say, Moatsy. What they say. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you know, just like Coach Tomlin teaches everybody, you got to be continuously polishing your craft. you got to hey, be getting group better. on the rise. you got to be getting better and better. And so the start's been nice, but let's see how we do here down the home stretch the oh, second yeah. half of the season. Let's start. In Los Angeles. Mm. The Chargers host the Packers. The Packers are three and a half point favorites. But come on, we know how this works, right? It's, right, it's going right. to be like a pseudo home game for the Packers. It's oh, gonna without be, a doubt. It's going to be all green. It's going to be 80, 90% green in that stadium. Yes, indeed. Aaron Rodgers is rolling. Matt LaFleur and him on the same page. <laughs> Matt LaFleur. Still, still doesn't look like they're going to have uh, Devontae Adams back, but it won't matter. Give me the Packers minus three and a half in that soccer stadium in L.A. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. I can't even go against you this time, Wes. All because I have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team, and I need him to ball out. I need him to get the job done. And like you said, man, it's going to be almost – Green Bay got a nice fan base. It might be a home game for them boys. Mm-hmm. Let's be real about it. No, no so doubt. So with that being said, and their hot shout-out to Mike Pettin, that defense is playing at a top-notch level. I'm rolling with you. Like I said, 100%, baby. Let's get it. All right, so I'm writing this down because we've, we've had some disputes in the, fa- in the past. So I got to make sure – Euler and Moats both got the Packers minus three and a half. Let's stay in California, shall we? Hey, it never rains there. And let's head north to Oakland where the Raiders are playing their last oh, season. to the Bay? They've surprised some people this year with how they've played. Surprise, surprise. Pleasantly, I should say. A pleasant surprise, even better. So much so that the Lions are going into the Coliseum as two and a half point dogs. What? Yeah. Now, you know my feelings about one Matt, uh, one Sean Payton, pardon me. You love Sean Payton. Right on his tails is that pencil fraud Matt Patricia. Oh, the Patricia man. But I do think, all things considered, a front office that has kind of punted on his team, uh-huh. he still had them playing well this year. Oh, without a doubt. So give me the Lions plus two and a half. I think there's a great chance they go into Oakland and win that game. But give me the Lions plus the two and a half points just to be safe. I'm going to roll with the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Month and Josh Jacobs, that Raiders team. Oh, you don't win We It's been like two weeks since we picked the Raiders game. I know. It feels I like know. we have to every week with this music, with the NFL films. But the autumn is the Raiders. The autumn leaves fall. So you'll take minus two and a half. So they got to win by three. I'm not worried about it. Okay. I like it. 
So give me the Lions plus two and a half. Scare money don't make money, baby. I tell you, I don't have no eyelids. Cut them off in 14. Mercy takes Minus two and a half. Oh, I talked about it. And now I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Uh oh, uh oh. The Jets are, or sorry, the Dolphins are going to beat the Jets. In New New York, wait, scratch that. In New Jersey. Jersey. Only one team plays in New York. Shout out to the Bills. Brian Flores is going to go up north with his squad like he did last week to Pittsburgh. This time he's Uh going to go to New Jersey to MetLife against those Jets. The Dolphins are getting three points. I'll take the three points. Dolphins plus three. But Dolphins win that one straight up. So give me the fish and the three points. Oh, ooh-wee. That's a tough one for me, man. Because, see, I got two former teammates, right? That I really like to root for. L. Bell Fitzmagic. But one's my quarterback. And one's my running back. But you know I got to ride with my quarterback. And I know it's been some turmoil down there in Miami. But they still playing like they got us something to prove. Just a little bit. And this is a game that they could win. And it doesn't hurt their tanking potential. Because I think the Jets are going to win some more games down the line. Right. So with that being said, give me the Dolphins. I like that. So you got the Dolphins and the three points. I do, man. All because of the beard. I like it. I like it. All right, our bonus college football game before we get into the Steelers here quickly. Here we go. Here we go. Big 12 matchup. Oh, here a you little, go this janky Big 12. Boy. A little pick some is, ACC, pick some SEC next time. What's man. JMU's record against the Big 12 this year? Hey, man, what's your record overall? 1-0 uh, in the Euler Motes Bowl. Hey. A little interstate rivalry here. Okay. As the Kansas State Wildcats. Ooh. Head to Lawrence to take on Ooh. the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay. Kansas State is favored by six. So the Jayhawks and Les Miles, the upstart Jayhawks, are Where's getting, the game at? Is the game it's, in it's Manhattan? It's in Lawrence. It's in Lawrence. Okay. So okay. it's on Kansas's campus, not in uh. Manhattan and the Little Apple. All right. Kansas State quietly has been very well coached, very well prepared, played well all season. You saw that really come to fruition last week when they beat yeah. the Oklahoma Sooners. True. They're going to go into Kansas. They're going to take care of their rivals. So give me the Wildcats of K-State minus six points. But they win by ten against their rivals in Lawrence. I like your style, but give me the grass eater. You going with less miles. Give me the mad hatter. Give me the guy who gets it done. Give me the guy named Les Miles, who's not afraid of anybody. He has all the janky, all the shysty that you need to get it done. And with that being said, they will win, and they will cover, and they will make me proud come Saturday night. All right, last but not least here, Colts, Steelers, 1 o'clock Sunday at Heinz Field. Arthur Motes, I don't like that spread. What's the spread? Colts are favored by one. Oh, I like it. I don't like that spread one bit. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. So you know what, Motsi? You've yelled at me this before, but again, I'm wise in my gambling ways. Oh, man. You got the plus one. I think with my head, not my heart when it it comes to showing me the money. Oh, man. Don't you do it, Wes. So I'm staying staying away from the point spread. What? I'm going to give you my game prediction here in a second. But my official bet on this game. Oh, here you go. Over 42 points. The over-under oh, is at 42 points. man. That's what we doing now. My get that paper pick is over 42. Oh, man. I can't even count that high. All right, man. You know what? I'm rolling still. You know what? Over. I got to go under. I don't think it's going to be over 42 points. Okay, so you've got the over and I've got the under. This is good. No, no, we no. Got no. Some- I have the under 42. Okay. 
they're oh, not right. going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, got yeah. the over. I, yes, yeah, yeah. I've got the over. Yeah, no. So you've got I, you've got the under. I'm saying they're not. It's not going to be over 42 right. points. Right, and I'm saying it is going to be over 42 Correct. points combined. There we go. Nice. All right. So we got a lot of differences this week. That's good. Yeah. Score prediction. You want me to go first? Yeah, because my prediction is probably going to be over. <laughs> Actually, was, it won't be now that uh, T.Y. is out. I'm good. I, you know what? Is uh, That changed everything for me. It really Without did. Without a doubt. Yeah. I had 27-24 Colts. I okay. had 28-21 Colts. I did mean, 28-21 Steelers. Okay. I did, yeah. Uh, the T.Y. Hilton news changes everything Without for me. Without a doubt. <laughs> I like it. 27-23 Steelers beat the Colts Sunday at Heinz Field. Ooh, okay. I and like the, that. And the over hits. I like that. So for me, points. So for me, your boy, I got it. Steelers twenty four, Colts fourteen. Oh wow, a nice a nice snug win there. Yeah, twenty four fourteen. I think they get it done, man. I think it's gonna be a very competitive game. I don't think either team is gonna run away with it, but I do think that the Steelers that ten point cushion. I think is gonna be enough where they're gonna feel comfortable late in the game for to get that win. I dig it. And that'll do it. Well, for, it's been dug. That will do it for today's show. Always fun on a Friday. Thanks to everybody on Twitter who chimed in to the power grid, to the megawatts. You know, we appreciate it. Oh, as love. always. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my boy Wesley Yule on the ones and twos, man, producing the show. He always does a phenomenal job on Fridays. Got to tip your cap. It's always above the line. Big boy varsity work. And we should let everybody know another opportunity to hear your boys today. Yeah, man. Arthur Motes on with Mark Madden at 515. Yeah, 515. I'll be on with the Mark Man. And himself. I'll be filling in for Adam Crowley once again. Tim Benz and I together. The crowd dog. Down, okay. down at Carson City Saloon. So you can hear Benzie and I or come see us down there on East Carson Street from 4 to 7. But you already know the drill. Motsi and I will talk to yins. Same time, same place next week. Sound good to you? Always sound good. High noon on what will hopefully be a victory Monday. Victory! And the Steelers right back in the division race. Enjoy the weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to Yins on Monday, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.